Welcome back to Nerd Out, the security panel. I see, I'm just going to stop. What is welcome back to Nerd Out? That's all I need to say. I'm bringing in my two guests, my two of my favorites, Bridget Johnson, Joe Levy. Welcome back. I, I, I'm just starting on all sorts of, of weird stuff this morning, this afternoon. So um, welcome back to the pod, everyone. Hello. Great to be back. Good to be back. So uh, we haven't all three been together. I know I've, I've potted with uh, Bridget a couple of times. We've had a, a couple of big events that have come up over time. And Joe, we missed one time with you. Um, but what have you been, uh, Joe, we'll start with you. What have you been up to this summer? Um, so uh, our season ended. It was a fantastic summer. We had um, uh, a great season and moving into a sort of a, a new use of uh, my campus, which is, uh, you may or may not know, it's a 142 acres uh, wooded uh, campus in the middle of Long Island. And we're gonna have uh, the largest um, social gathering that uh, in has ever had in, in its history. Uh, we're gonna probably do somewhere between 50 and 70,000 visitors uh, between the end of September and the first week of November. We're, we're hosting an event called Rise of the Jack-O-Lanterns. And we're gonna have 5,000 hand-carved uh, jack-o'-lanterns all over our campus and there'll be a walking path. So the organization is learning something new about dwell time and throughput and the life safety uh, issues that come with uh, opening up your campus to the public for that many people. So it's been a very exciting time, very busy. Uh, not only are we uh, contemplating this new use, but we're bringing on new people, new safety security people, new frontline staff members, and uh, training them for the first time. So it's been very, very exciting. It's been a, a wonderful exercise, um, but uh, a, a lot on our plate um, and uh, looking forward to launching this project in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, that that's that that is pretty exciting. I mean, I think it's really interesting as we, you know, I, I know last year things were generally open and a lot of things were trying to get back to normal, but it still really wasn't. This I think this year really has felt like we're really getting back into a lot of that that normal routines. Things the spikes are starting to level off, the dips are starting to level off, and I think we're getting back. And so it's good. To, it's exciting to see uh, the growth in your area. That's that's exciting. That's exciting news for you. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, so Joe, I mean, that sounds exciting on your level, and I think my, you know, at my level, I'm doing my normal things, you know, staying in touch, writing my reports, you know, engaging where we can engage, delivering some webinars here and there. But I think it all pales in comparison to Bridget. Bridget, have you had anything exciting happen this summer? I mean, what's been going on with you? Oh, you know, just doing my thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Joe, I don't know if you're aware, but Bridget's made quite a list recently. I mean, she's uh, she's and and we're going to talk about her hot fifty list here in a minute. But she's made a another type of list, and and if you haven't been catching up on the pod, Joe, which I'll I'll, I'll give you some ribbing for later. <laughs> um, I mean, the, uh, we had a, a risk roundtable pod last a uh, couple weeks ago, and Bridget, you announced some pretty important lists that you made. You want to you want to share the details? Oh yes, I'm on an accelerationist neo-Nazi hit list. <laughs> <laughs> oh <Okay>. my goodness! <laughs> well, yeah. you you know what do they say? Um, if they ain't hating, you ain't popping. So uh, obviously, <laughs> you're doing something right. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. So I, I can't I can't discuss too much the, the details of what has happened since then. Um, but um, I will just confirm that I am still doing what I do. And I am still unwavering from that path. 
Bridget, when you, when you make a list like that, are, are congratulations in order or condolences? I've received a, probably more congratulations <laughs> from colleagues. <laughs> that was, that was, that was my condolences. answer. I wanted to congratulate you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, that's where I was too, Joe. Is like, I'm like, wow, the, uh, like it's hard to say. It's like, congratulations that you, you know, you're having such an impact and you're, you're causing these groups to really go, hey, this person's really hitting a nerve with us. At the same time, it's like, wow, I'm, I mean, I have to look over my shoulder now. I mean, I think that's, that's crazy, but yeah, it, it's a, it's a weird feeling. I mean, how have you, um, how have you coped with it, Bridget? I mean, I know that it, 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 in all seriousness, I mean, it is in a, I mean, obviously a very serious situation, but I mean, how have you, how, how have you handled that? You know, I, I always had a high degree of situational awareness um, as it was before this. Um, you know, my, my, <laughs> you, you've heard my ringtone, you know, I'm a PI <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, um, you know, I've, I've, you know, dealt with, um, some unsavory characters in my career before. Um, so, you know, I've, I've, I've always, uh, practiced a, a, a good degree of that. So, um, so, so when people do say congratulations, I mean, there's, um, you know, a certain element of uh, recognition on my part that, um, you know, if you're, if you're on the right path, then that's a good thing. Yep, no, no doubt for sure. And again, uh, I know of, of anybody, you're doing the right thing, you're taking the right preparedness measures, and you're doing the right things on this. So, you know, I mean, our, our best wishes as you continue to navigate this, this path, uh, Bridget, but again, we're all supporters of all your work and we're appreciative of, of those nerves you are striking because I think you bring a lot of value to the community. And, and again, if you haven't seen Bridget's work, I, I find it a hard time if you've been listening to this pod, you don't, I haven't been looking at it already on Homeland Security today, but um, it is a lot of great work and, and we're very appreciative of that. Now, speaking of Homeland Security today, Bridget, you guys posted this week a different type of list, the Hot 50 list. Do you want to talk about that? Yes, this is the hot list, not the hit list. Oh, that's right. <laughs> okay, so the, the hottest 50, just kind of think of it as the Times most influential list, um, you know, the Time 100 type list. Um, but this is geared towards Homeland Security, National Security. Um, I wanted to make sure that that we had you know a nice uh, diverse representation there so you know you'll see that it's not um you know just a chunk of dhs people also you know we do have some wonderful dhs people on the list um you know but making sure that you know we're hitting not only the different subject matter areas within homeland um you know but making sure we have the intel community doj the private sector um, we've got the Cal Fire Chief on there. Um, we've got NYPD counterterrorism on there. Um, some nonprofits, some ISACs. Um, we've got the uh, Energy ISAC uh, represented, and also the Elections Infrastructure ISAC. Um, so you know we've got a uh, really nice representation there, I think. And you know we're we're we're, we're very excited for. Um, the, the people who are on the list to get just that kind of recognition that, you know, not, not only are they a mover and a shaker, 
but they're also um, going above and beyond in their contributions to the um, security of the country. So, yeah, I, I'm sure I was number 51 on this list, but um, <laughs> it was just I was just right off of it. But I, I mean, I think it's a really great. Uh, when I saw this, I was like, man, this is genius because this is really when you look at security. I I don't think you know there's so much impact, and I think you're absolutely right. You know, when I was going through the the, the list and a lot of names that you'll recognize and a lot of names you won't. And I think that really speaks to all the level of work that's being done across the security field um, and how, uh, you know, and the different levels of impact um, that, that go on there. So let me, how did you come up with the, like, what was the criteria? What were you looking for? Or, or was it, you know, based on your experiences? Um, well, it wasn't just me who came up with the list. Um, I can claim responsibility for many of the people on there, but um, so we, we, we pulled it among editors at first, and then we expanded that um, to bring in some of our advisors at Homeland, Homeland Security today, you know, just to ensure that there, um, you know, that there weren't people out there who were making that sort of impact. Um, that, that we were missing out on. And, you know, there were also people um, that, you know, we, we weighed for, for inclusion on the list um, who are doing a wonderful job, um, but we, we had to judge it in terms of, okay, so looking at like at the last year, you know, what is the sort of um, impact that this person's had on the field? Um, you know, I, I mentioned the, uh, the electricity ISAC and and uh, Manny Cancel, uh, the CEO of that, is uh, one of the people who is, who are on the list. Um, and so, you know, we think back to the GridX exercise that they had. Um, you know, he's also senior VP at NERC, and just the um, the the challenges of trying to bring people back after the COVID environment. Um, to uh, do these these tabletop exercises to um, you know just kind of prepare for cyber and physical attacks on the grid um, that's no easy feat um, then you see some some very prominent folks on the list like Chris Ray and um, you know just I mean <laughs> he's already you know, kind of legendary for having survived in his job <laughs> for as long as he has, um, you know, given the, the turnover that was happening all around him in the last administration. Um, but he's faced this huge challenge of keeping the Bureau's work um, and their workforce, you know, just above this political fray um, while dealing with these rapidly evolving threats like domestic terrorism. And while there's an increase in violent threats against federal agents of, you know, and the, the FBI Cincinnati office being attacked. So, um, so some of the, these people on the list are, are, you know, reacting to the challenges that have been thrown at them over the past year. Um, some of them are taking their field and taking it to a new level, you know, through innovation, et cetera. Um, you know, we have Asha George on there from the Bipartisan Commission on Biodefense, and I'm a huge fan of that group. Um, but, you know, they've been continually sounding this alarm about 
the, you know, the pandemic preparedness that people have had to have. Um, and that was pre-COVID-19. And then COVID came along and, you know, basically proved them right on everything. And, but, you know, they've faced these challenges of trying to get the, their warnings about, you know, what we need to do for pandemics, get that turned into sound policy, you know, get that turned into, um, you know, revamping processes and organizations and, and emergency management, et cetera. So, um, so yeah, you know, we, we have a, a diverse field on here, you know, they, they've all contributed in their own way, you know, for example, um, uh, principal deputy administrator, Louis Million over at the um, uh, Drug Enforcement Administration. Um, you know, he's 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 definitely a veteran there. He is a DEA agent's DEA agent, you know. Yeah. Um, but his um, his his background and you know his focus on um, fighting the fentanyl that's coming across the border, you know, makes him especially pertinent at this time. So, so that kind of gives you an idea of, you know, what we're going towards when we're designating somebody as hot. No, that's, I think this is a, this is really great. And I encourage everybody to get out there and read it. Um, and I imagine this is going to be a, a yearly thing from now. Is that the plan? It will. And the reason why we launched it on September 12th was kind of symbolic too, because you know, 9-11, we're all remembering the day that, that, you know, Homeland changed into um, the frontier that it is today, completely changed our lives, completely changed the careers of the people on this pod. <laughs> um, and, but, you know, 9-12 was the day where um, Homeland shifted into a new gear and um, started to move towards that future. And so these, so that's symbolic of the people on the list, you know, taking uh, homeland and national security into that next step in the future. I think that's very exciting. And, and I'll turn now to Joe, who I'm sure will be a strong contender for that list next year. If he's 52. <laughs> 51 and 52, for sure. Yeah. And Andy Jabor is probably 152, but we won't tell him that, but. <laughs> Um, but Joe, when you see something like this, I, again, I think this just speaks to the importance that security is, is having in the workplace and the impact it's having over the past several years. I mean, it, I mean, you've sur surely seen some change in the role security is having in organizations. Do you feel that like this is reflective of, of the way things are going with security and how they are getting that seat at the table and, and they're being involved at the very early on stages. From your perspective, how, how do you see that playing out? Yeah, you know, so it's a good point. So a, a couple of things jumped to mind, one of which is like uh, for Bridget and her colleagues, like thank you for putting that type of list together because right. for a long time, you know, these security professionals were basically, you know, in the background, you know, it's almost like the better you did your job, the less people noticed you. Um, and I think not only did they deserve recognition, but really, I, I think what I take from that is that we're not alone in this, right? There are a lot of people who have sort of like blazed a path and are really smart and really qualified. And I continually am amazed at how generous they are with their work product, their findings, their experience, 
when they've made mistakes and they want us to avoid them, like they're really generous of spirit. And so to, to see some names in some of these areas and to be able to research and, and, and learn from uh, their huge body of work uh, is just a, a wonderful resource to add to our already growing body of library uh, knowledge, uh, knowledge library. So thank you for putting all that together. Um, and, and David, to, to answer your question, yeah. So, uh, you know, years ago, you, you couldn't get, you couldn't get someone to take, especially a C-level person to take a security question seriously and, or a, a plead for resources that just, you know, that it would be prioritized pretty low down the list. And I, I am seeing that change, which is good, right? You know, sort of the ship is, is broken from the mooring a little bit, which is, which is really, really great. Um, you know, I, from a security perspective, I would say it's still not enough. Um, we, we need to put more resources into training and to actually hardening our facilities. And, you know, the cyber thing scares me. It's so hard to, uh, to stay ahead of those things. I mean, you hear every day, these major organizations, you know, government, uh, municipalities, universities who have robust dollars and, and, and a huge uh, uh, department of IT professionals, and they are still fished and hacked and, you know, ransomed, et cetera. So when I think about some of the smaller and the mid-sized organizations, like how do you stand a chance against the, the behemoths uh, getting hacked? Um, so uh, it, I do see the ebb and the flow. I see that there, there, is, there, was, there is upward trajectory uh, for, for us uh, to sit at the table and be heard, hopefully not too much longer before we're at the, you know, the budget table first and foremost uh, and getting a bigger bite at the apple. Uh, I know a lot of professionals who are really good at what they do. They just need more resources, including time spent in uh, training and retraining and evolving training, et cetera. Um, the threats continually change. So should our uh, security postures and procedures. So it's getting there. It's getting there. Yeah, I, I think you bring a lot of really good points in there. And I think I do agree it is getting there. One, one of the things I struggle with, and I, I still get this, is that I think as we've increased the awareness at, at levels, it's also the, the availability of information also kind of makes some of it dangerous because I think in, in, we, we really have to build out some of the security practitioner and like being a being the professionalization of security. And I know we have it, right? I know there's obviously career maps and paths and stuff, but like at the leadership level, when we start seeing like the head of security become then the chief executive officer, that's where I think we'll really start seeing some real growth in some of the areas. I, I just get worried sometimes where um, leadership sometimes gets fixated on certain things and they don't understand the methodology or the practice behind it. I think that's where security teams really, there's still opportunities for growth there and, and educating our leadership and educating the workforce. You mentioned that, but there's so much, so much goodness that are coming out of things like what Bridget's put together and what everybody else is doing. So I guess, Bridget, the, the one thing I'll say is uh, I guess you'll know if this list is really coming on with the, the population, if you start getting, you know, what are those uh, snubs lists like, who, you know, when you get articles <laughs> written about uh, who was snubbed from the hot 50 list, I mean, I, I get, you know, I'll maybe write my own column about Dave Pounder was snubbed. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I, I should say, you know, thank you to both of you for your wonderful words about this list and about my other list. Um, but you know, it's it's 
it's it's important you know as was noted that um that that security folks know that um you know everybody on this list is going to have some story of how they faced a challenge and you know we're trying to convince somebody that there was a vulnerable vulnerability or you know that there was a problem you know whether it's on cyber counterterrorism or you know we have you know, one gentleman on there who deals with human trafficking, you know, just, um, you know, trying to, 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 to get people to realize and understand threats and um, to put proper mitigations in place. So I think that, you know, it is valuable to, to have that sort of camaraderie out there. Yeah, no, it's great. I wish you the best with it. I, I, you know, I've, I've just seen a lot of the comments. I think it's everything's been very positive and, and again, very, very exciting development there on that front as, as this stuff comes more into the mainstream. So congratulations on all those fronts. Joe, I want to turn to you on a, on a separate topic, going to our, our second topic here it is, you know, the summer season is over, but the fall season is coming upon us. And, you know, obviously the cooler temperatures, there's a lot of different outdoor events and activities. There's still a heavy abundance of concerts and activities there. You know, as we, I think one of the last big conversations we were having last fall, or I can't, I think it was last fall, was around the Astro World uh, concert um, and the and the security failures that that occurred there and the just general crowd failures that that occurred there, resulting in some very unfortunate activities. But I didn't see over the summer, I didn't really notice that big of issues. And again, we're, we're out of this COVID haze. Everything is at full capacity for the most part. Um, what, what, from your vantage point, did you see anything, you know, on the IAVM side or, or anything along those lines, uh, challenges around these outdoor events or, or these venue securities that, that may be worth calling out from the summer as we go into the fall? Um, so yeah, so similarly, I, nothing, something as, you know, huge and catastrophic like Astroworld, et cetera, um, which is good, right? You know, uh, not to say that there haven't been problems, you know, uh, recently, if, if, if you've been watching, you know, the, the issue that they had down at Hard Rock down in Miami, right. um, you know, that's certainly unfortunate, definite property uh, damage um, issues, but uh, that was more accidental, or at least, I, although I have not read a report, I assume it was accidental. Um, so still dealing with those types of things. I think people are still reporting that, um, <clears throat> although there are ebbs and flows and there are some people returning to the workforce that a lot of people are still uh, bringing in earlier career, less experienced people to handle frontline issues. Um, but I, I, so far what I'm hearing, we're either in a little bit of a pocket of maybe a little bit more um, uh, cooperative, uh, you know, people are now that we're, we've been back at it for a little while, I think people are starting to relearn or remember sort of their social graces about spending time with other people. You know, we were all locked up for a long time and forgot how to act when we were outside. So I'm hoping that that trend is going to continue in making the job of the frontline staff uh, a little bit easier. Uh, that plus the fact that a lot of them are, are just now entering uh, this, this industry. So we're, we're training up uh, and we're training up fast and furiously. Uh, still a labor shortage. Um, I've yet to hear any uh, any real um, information around. Uh, yeah, that everybody has hired all of their positions and they're full. They're they're still looking to 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 um, fill up their frontline team. Everything from ticket takers to security. 
uh, and everything in between. Um, uh, but I, but I am sort of encouraged in this moment that uh, things are are moving in the right direction. Um, you know, everyone has significant COVID fatigue. It's here forever. It's not going to go anywhere. Um, as you said, everything. You know, there's in this current moment, things are leveling and the spikes are not as big. Um, here in New York, uh, if if you've been following any of that, it, all of the mask mandates have basically been dropped, including public transportation. They're still encouraged, but um, it's not mandatory. Restaurants. Uh, hardware stores, wherever you go, basically you can you can choose to wear a mask, but you're not required to. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I suspect it's a good thing for the reasons that you know people are able to start feeling better about going out um, and, uh, and and spending time in our venues. So um, I, I think signs currently are pointing uh, to the positive, to the better. Uh, of course, we've been here before. <laughs> there were a couple times in the last two years where everybody was very excited about. Um, the immediate future and then that took a turn so i'm going to be a little more conservative and hopefully uh, you know by our next podcast I'll be like yep still going strong nothing has turned its uh its ugly head um and hopefully we don't have like a ridiculous flu season on top of covid on top of monkeypox etc um i don't know if it seems like the end of times but or, or not but I, I feel i'm i'm a little a little more optimistic today than i was uh, you know four or five weeks ago yeah, I think I think that you brought a lot of really good points, and and I I think you know speaking towards you know hoping we don't go backwards. Yeah, again, I'll remember this time last year we had this trip for our family vacation to Costa Rica, and everything's going to be great and wonderful. And and of course, on the way back from there, I'd get stuck three weeks in a quarantine in Costa Rica um, in a hotel room. So it, yeah, I'm hoping that we don't go back to this area again. I, I think a lot of a lot of the fatigue has has settled in. I think it's it is worth noting. We we need to really pull out those lessons learned that we had, so that when things like monkeypox come up or a really bad flu season or or who knows what the next event is, we we are we've learned the lessons from COVID, um, the hard lessons from COVID, and I think we can really take some really appropriate measures. We can really know put that preparedness plan right into place so a lot of really good points on that front um joe so uh bridget from your you know threat standpoint you know as we look to the to the fall there's obviously those those fall seasons but then when you start getting into holidays obviously there's you know the high holy days and uh for on the jewish calendar for example uh that are occurring there's a lot of other significant religious holidays coming up um, and then, of course, culminating with Christmas and New Year's at the end. This is around the time when we start seeing a little bit of propaganda come out. Is there anything that is coming across the wires? Uh, you know, it's it's interesting because there's a lot of propaganda, but really haven't been significant attacks, I guess, in, in this time of year. But what, what are you seeing from your end? Um, not too much as far as the uh, as far as Islamist extremism, who in the past, you know, we would generally um, expect to capitalize on this holiday season um, as they have, you know, in years past, you know, with the Christmas market attack, etc. Um, now, of course, you know, there are always, um, you know, fanboys, uh, independents who, you know, are circulating uh, propaganda that highlights past attacks, you know, trying to get others to go out there and emulate them. Um, haven't really seen much of that yet. On the domestic extremist side, um, 
you know, of course, recently there's been a lot of, um, you know, claiming that 9-11 was the work of Jews, um, uh, a lot of salivating about the prospect of an upcoming rail strike. Um, accelerationists seem to really want that. Um, but, but I have to say, like, situa situationally, one of the things that um, has me a little nervous right now is the um, amount of crowds that we're seeing in Britain, um, you know, around uh, the royal funeral services and associated events, um, because, you know, there is a very recent history there of, you know, two London Bridge attacks and Westminster attack. Um, you know, taking advantage of crowded places. Um, it, you also have the possibility there of uh, a domestic extremist attack um, that could be targeting um, multicultural diversity uh, in Britain because, um, you know, if you remember back in 2017, there was the, the Finsbury Park attack where you had um, a guy who drove his, his van into uh, Muslims who were near a mosque. Um, so, so yeah, there's a very, um, shall we say multi-layered, uh, threat landscape at the moment. And I don't know if, um, it will be elevated going into the fall more because of election season here in the U S or, um, you know, geared toward, um, specific, uh, you know, worshippers during the holidays. Um, you know, I should also add that um, there are some extremists uh, who are using a saint's calendar that is um, pointing out feast days for specific mass shooters oh. who targeted their victims um, out of racial or religious motivations. Uh, so for example, they've already canonized uh, the Buffalo shooter and put him on the saint's calendar so which is after all what he wanted right i mean this is what we it, it, i mean kind of through his manifesto you could kind of mm -hmm. tell he was hoping for this level of notoriety right right he wanted to be on the same level as like Bretton tarrant and those yep. folks um anders brevik is one you know who's also brought up a lot among among those but um but yeah so i would actually be more concerned about um you know whether uh, something is tied to, you know, for example, the uh, anniversary of the, of the synagogue shooting in Pittsburgh, you know, if somebody wants yeah. to go out there and emulate um, that quote unquote saint, um, then, you know, try to put themselves on this, this roster of martyrdom. So, um, yeah, so, you know, I've talked a lot before about how you see, um, you know, propaganda and recruitment techniques that had been used by ISIS in the past, you know, kind of melding in a lot of ways with uh, what some domestic ex extremists are using. And I think that that is definitely accelerating. Yeah, always keeping us on the toes, right? I mean, always trying to, there's always the, the risk out there. I think more now than ever, I think these, the, the what we've seen since the beginning of this year through Buffalo, through all the other attacks here, uh, the various supermarket attacks all over now. I, I think it's just, it's always, and I think, uh, Joe, you had a very poignant point a couple months ago when we were talking about some of these attacks is we just have to be situationally aware when we're around and about, out and about. We just have to continue to be 
you know, you can't just put your head down anymore. You have to be observing. You have to be aware of what's going on around you. You have to be looking for suspicious things. I think that's just not just being safe and secure on our part, but that's being a good member of the community. And yeah. I think, you know, I think that's really important. It is. And, I, and you know, frankly, when you're out and about, you're, you're not only helping protect yourself from harm or injury, but those around you, loved ones, right. uh, yep. you know, colleagues, neighbors, friends, strangers, you know, people who are out just trying to have a, a, a good time or run an errand or whatever it may be. So, um, yeah, I think that's probably one of the most important things you can do is really develop your situational awareness. Now, that's that's, that's totally. very, very important. Very important. All right. So before we wrap up with our three questions, any any other comments, uh, any other questions you guys want, or I guess any other topics you guys want to bring up? I'd throw out, uh, you know, speaking of situational awareness, um, you know, as you are, if you're in the security professional or trainer or something, and, you know, you're training your security staff, you know, I always encourage uh, as many people as possible to join those, especially around situational awareness. So yeah. invite the administrative staff, invite everybody to join. But then I realized that sometimes, you know, the, the, the professional lingo we use might be intimidating. It might be hard to understand, especially if you're rapid firing, you know, to a room of professionals. So wherever possible, you know, uh, um, you know, use very sort of like regular terms, layman terms, you know, don't, don't speak in code or acronyms, you know, try to really just talk about it uh, so that your training is accessible and it's relatable. I think you'll find more people get uh, get more out of it if they can uh, easily digest what you're uh, explaining to them. So um, that, that would be something that I would encourage people who are developing training um, uh, procedures, uh, you know, sessions, et cetera. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Joe. I think we sometimes try to get to PhD level. We want to show how you know, smart we are, and we want to use these yeah. big, you know, big words sometimes. Look, I mean, I think the most effective way sometimes is just tell it like it is. I mean, be very blunt and very straightforward and, and in words people can understand. I think you're, that's a great point. And, and that's something as security teams, we should recognize how we're engage, making those engagements. I think that's a really the great point there, Joe. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. And, and making sure it's tailored. You know, yeah. Yeah. Got, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I was asked to review recently uh, some security materials for one organization and it was just kind of like a general cut and paste. You know, it didn't have anything specific to do with the specific threat threats that were that were faced by this particular community. And I found that really a problem. Yeah, I, I, I think it, all, very very good points very good points okay so let's let's go to and that's great to kind of transition to more of the a little more of the fall fun time three questions we have here and wrapping up this podcast so really appreciate all of your time here today so i'll do three quick questions and and it's a lot of either or here so we'll try to make it as simple as possible so since we're in fall uh pumpkin patch or apple picking what, what would you prefer to do? Pumpkin patch or apple picking? We'll start you, Bridget. Pumpkin patch, because then you can like grow those giant ones that are like so big <laughs> that you need to like roll across the yard. <laughs> and there's like absolutely no way you'll ever be able, be able to carve them. But if you did, you'd be able to make lots of pies. But, you know. All right. I like it. I like it. Joe, pumpkin patch or apple picking? <laughs> 
Yeah, I think I'm with Bridget on this one, not just because we're doing uh, this, you know, amazingly hand-carved jack-o'-lantern event at Ustand, but um, when I go apple picking, I end up picking way too many apples and then they like <laughs> face, right? Because I'm like so excited about it. I'm like, yeah. wow, that was not great. So yeah, I'm going to go with the, uh, the, the pumpkin. So, uh, so we went apple picking this last weekend here in, in North Carolina, and it was the first time we picked apples in like eight years. Uh, we took our youngest who, you know, being in Florida, there are no apple orchards, or at least not ones near us in, in Jacksonville near the beach. You know, it, it is, it was in our, our five-year-old or six-year-old, sorry, gosh, a birthday, um, so our six-year-old. Uh, had a great time doing it. You know, I love walking just down the picking off apples from the tree and having a couple bites out of all of them and picking our own. But you're right. You always wind up picking more than you need. So right. what I what I love about both of those pumpkin patches and apples, apple picking is that they have those cannons sometimes, you know, like shoot the shoot the pumpkins or shoot the uh, apples. <laughs> I, I love those little cannons going on. So I, I actually love um, when it's Halloween and like they give pumpkins to the hippos at the zoo. Oh, right. Just, like, crunch them with one bite. You know? Yeah. I just saw a video on that the other day, I think. And so it was pretty on, on, uh, on the uh, social media spaces, I guess. So uh, very cool. That's absolutely right. All right. So question number two, question number two, since again, we're going into the seasonal themes and such. Peppermint flavor or pumpkin flavor? I will keep with the pumpkins, but peppermint, like peppermint latte, peppermint, you know, maybe ice cream or pumpkin flavored. Uh, Bridget, back to you. Uh, peppermint, definitely. Um, peppermint, I don't think gets old. Peppermint has like the added benefit of helping your tummy. Um, it gives you fresh breath um pumpkin is like you go to trader joe's and you're just like oh pumpkin season you buy a bunch of things and it's like overkill by like the second product that you tried so <laughs> very very good very good okay what about you joe oh my god so i mean i i mean no disrespect or any offense to uh, everyone on the planet that likes a flavored coffee I can't, there's, I can't do a single flavor. I, I can't do the peppermint, the spearmint, the hazelnut. I can't do sugar or milk. It's like, I, I like, why would you ruin a perfectly good cup of coffee by putting anything into it? So, so you're straight up, you're straight, nothing on it. Just all black. All black. And you know, the best thing about it is that when you have a cup of black coffee, like when you're at the diner, like your server can't ruin it by you know adding black coffee to a you know perfect ratio of sugar and cream like no all you do is make it warmer so yeah um i uh, i i i can't do the flavored coffee but i do like a pumpkin pie um okay. and i do like like a, a peppermint gum so <laughs> okay that's, that's probably as close as i can get to either one of those flavors you're, you're splitting the difference okay very yeah. good very good <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go with peppermint too because I I did I am not a big pumpkin person. Everybody else in my family loves pumpkin. Uh, I'm just not. I I just never enjoyed the taste of it, and and so I I don't even. Uh, I, I mean, I do sugar in my coffee, but I do not. I I do agree with you, Joe. I can't get into the flavored type of coffee generally, and I mean it's it's um so. But I do prefer more the peppermint than the pumpkin. So good. All right. So, so good on that. Now I was going to throw a security question in here too. Like if you had to pick one, would you pick an access control or would you pick a security bollard, you know, but I think we'll probably refrain from that for this time. Maybe I'll work in some security questions 
on next time. But I guess my last my last point is here, just from the sports uh, fandom side, how'd your football teams do this last weekend? Bridget, I know we'll start with you, but I know what the answer will be. I was doing the hot 50 last weekend. I'm going to have to like Google, see how the Niners did. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. okay uh, I'll save you the trip. I'll say I'll save you the trouble. Don't oh, they got the beat. Oh wait, no, that's nine eleven. Oh yeah, that was nine eleven. <laughs> I don't even know what day it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't 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 Google it. You won't be happy. So. <laughs> okay, all right. That upset me. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Joe. Joe, how about you on the on the football front? You know what? I'm with Bridget. I was not paying attention. How did the Giants do? Oh, see, this is you should have Googled it. It was good. Saquon Barkley is playing well again, and. And they 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 did a two point conversion at the end and they won. That was great. Ah. <laughs> Dave is our ESPN. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thank you. <laughs> I'll refrain from the sports questions next time. But my my sport team did not do so well. The Cowboys were awful, and so mm. yeah, I just I, I hate to say, it, and you know, I, I don't want to poke too much fun, but it seems as though that you know maybe that's not really a logo. Maybe it's a rating. On the side of their helmet, what is that? Is that too far? Too much? <laughs> One I cross a line. Yeah, I just don't know anymore. I just don't know. Uh, I, you know, I, I've gotten to the point in my fandom where it doesn't upset me anymore as much as it, you know, it used to ruin my whole weekend. I'm like, what am I doing here? <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> so, so that's, that's that. So, all right. Well, that wraps up another fine episode of Nerd Out. But like we do for all of our episodes, we give each of our guests an opportunity to do a P2 plug or promote. So uh, Bridget, you did a little bit of that earlier. So anything else you want to promote or plug on, on your front? Uh, I'm going to tease some more uh, upcoming uh, law enforcement and gov training webinars. Um, I have a, a lot of good stuff to share. So um, we'll be bringing on some other esteemed panelists and announcing those shortly and um looking forward to those awesome awesome and, and, and everybody read the hot homeland hottest 50 that's They're right I'll, I'll make sure i put it in the show notes uh for sure putting out the the hottest 50s so um yeah. we are we are recording it this week and then we'll release it early next week so make sure that it gets an, a, a second run for all those people looking for it so and hopefully the niners and the giants are are doing better on their sports flow but um but joe anything to promote or plug on your end yeah, so you know, interestingly enough, as as we come to this uh, part of the show, I I, I realized that um, I just mentioned about sort of like uh, making your training accessible, and interestingly enough, this wasn't planned, um, but uh, we realized that you know IBM has their Academy for Venue Safety and Security, which I typically plug, which is a great uh, educational offering by IBM, and but we've realized recently that there could be a barrier of entry, a barrier to entry where people are feeling like it's too advanced of a course, where it can be really intimidating. To be thrown into the middle of that much content with the you know the just world class instructors. Um, so we're actually creating a new course. Uh, we're, the working title right now is Safety and Security 101, and it's really going to be addressing the, the foundation of safety and security. Almost like if you're a security supervisor, you know what would you want your staff to know the first 30, 60, 90 days of them being on the job? Everything from understanding event briefings and dot maps to like the vernacular that security professionals will use. 
but it's really about the introduction. So the theory is you could take this course, which will really help bridge the gap between that, uh, your present understanding and maybe then joining AVSS for the two-year program. So uh, it's gonna launch um, soon. We're gonna run a pilot of it uh, this October and then hopefully have it around uh, more frequently. So if you're interested in it for yourself or if you have colleagues or staff members at your organizations, um, it is not venue specific, it's safety and security specific. Um, so I would encourage you to check out the IAVM workshop uh, uh, webpage uh, to, to get more information about when it's gonna be available. It's gonna be very affordable, very reasonably priced because we're more interested in spreading the information and the knowledge um, uh, to as many people as we can. So uh, I take a look at it, uh, uh, join if you can, or send your staff who are maybe taking on additional responsibilities or want a better understanding of safety and security. You'll, um, you'll really enjoy this course. It's gonna be a, a relatable and accessible. That sounds really cool, Joe. I really applaud you for making those efforts because I think that's exactly what we need in this in the in this space. And I, I think I, you know, so we'll put the link to IABM in the show notes as well. But if Joe, if there's more information you want to send, promote, please let us know, and we'll put that in the show notes as well. Uh, stuff in, especially if it goes forward as you're going forward, we'll be more than happy to promote that on this podcast. So. Um, that's great. So for me, I think for, for me, I think the biggest thing I want to continue to promote is, you know, Gate 15 does a, a great uh, variety of information on the Gate 15 website, gate15.global. Uh, we also have our Sun daily updates that come out. You can sign up through that through the gate15.global website. And we have our uh, hostile events attack cycle white paper. Uh, that you can find from that same Gate 15 website. We have a couple upcoming webinars as well. You can look at on our social media sites. Uh, you can register for free. Those are free events. Um, There's in October and the dates will post in the show notes as well. Um, and, and if you want to continue to listen to the Gate 15 channel of podcasts, we have Andy Jabor's um, in a Gate 15 interview, in which he interviews a lot of great industry guests talking about security and the various uh, activities that are going with them. We have Jennifer Lynn Walker's Cybersecurity Evangelist podcast, where she's talking uh, cybersecurity issues down uh, to uh, using very straightforward terms and concepts. And Jennifer does a great job of delivering really practical advice for everyday people. Uh, and then finally, we have the Risk Roundtable with Andy. Uh, Jennifer and I, where we talk about some of the key security themes that are ongoing around the world. But this was the Nerd Out podcast, and I appreciate, again, my loyal panelists, Bridget Johnson and Joe Levy. I want to wish you all the best, and thank you again for coming on to this podcast today. And with that, I wish everyone to do their best in this upcoming season of um, the election activities to make sure that you're alert for misinformation, disinformation, and malinformation and that you're doing your due diligence to trust and verify sources before you like, share, or follow. So with that, I'm Dave Pounder, and it's been great talking with you this today. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Bye, everyone.